Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited with Dr. Sonia Jensen and myself, where we like to dive into all things related to hormones and how that affects you and your health, your relationships, what that means for your longevity and health span, and all the intricacies of how it's impacting our daily lives on a regular basis. So um, again, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're enjoying this content or there's other things you really want to know about, you want us to dive into, just you know, continue to, to comment and and subscribe to the channel and stay up to date on all the latest releases. So, you know, often in our conversations, we talk about things that we're doing on a somewhat regular basis, maybe not really realizing how these things are impacting our body, our immune system, our hormonal system. And one of those ones, like, you know, kind of like, let's let the cat out of the bag, it's birth control pills. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is one that is just so common that it's gonna be prescribed to you because a, you've got dysmenorrhea or painful periods or irregular periods, irregular periods mm-hmm. heavy flow, mm-hmm. uh, or, or you want to prevent pregnancy. PCOS, endometriosis. Like, <laughs> Perimenopause. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it, matter what hormonal symptom you have, that's often one of the solutions. Yeah, isn't it crazy? It's yeah. like, it's, it's one of those uh, you know, analogies of like, you've got a hammer, everything's a nail. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's the birth control pill. Mm-hmm. Right, so obviously there's there's maybe a place for that when it comes to pregnancy prevention, but my goodness, if we're not going to look at the things that we're doing on a really regular basis that are having tremendous impact on so many different facets of our life, like that's the reality of yeah. birth control pills. Yeah, and the challenge really is that women aren't educated on it at all. Mm-hmm. So you walk in as a young woman, young as like 12, 13, 14 years old, with maybe some discomfort with your period and the first solution is the birth control. And I know we're putting a blanket statement on it. Hopefully a lot of medical doctors are asking more questions and learning that there are different ways that we can help support a woman's hormonal system, especially as she's just coming into womanhood and menstruating because it does take about 12 years for ovulation to actually regulate. So as soon as we add birth control, we're disrupting this rhythm that the body was trying to create and just masking the reason behind the discomfort. Like younger and younger women now are getting their periods at young ages of like seven, eight, nine. So we have to start asking the question like why? And then why is there so much discomfort? Is it the foods they're eating? Is it stress? Like uh, uh, do they have anxiety? Like there's so many things that are going to influence their hormones. But So if you just slap the birth control on them, they're not being taught that it's going to impact their immune system, it's going to impact their mood, it's going to impact their weight possibly, it's going to impact their relationships and the partners that they choose going forward, the careers they choose, like it impacts everything in your life. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't like using this word, like you know I don't like using this word, but it does make me think of this, this patriarchy. Oh, yeah. interesting that you <laughs> because it's that a, word. <laughs> I know, and, and I kind of don't like it, but... Why do you uh, like it? Well, because I, I think that uh, when it's said, it's it's kind of said that um, like men are bad. 
If you're related just to me. No, 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 totally. Yeah. But I want to say why I, I, I think that there's a role here because it's mm -hmm. this fixer. Yeah. It's like, you've got a problem, I've got the solution. Yeah. And so, you know, whether or not this is the case, but it came to mind when you were saying mm -hmm. this because it's like, we're not actually listening to the women. Mm -hmm. We're just telling them, hey, I got, I got, I got the solution for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I'm going to take your pain away. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be the savior. Totally. Come save you. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about it that's very fatherly and like, hey, I want to help you. I want to like, I want to help you like get out of this pain and discomfort you. And I've, I've got a solution for you. Like there's some side to that that's really like, well, I think the intention yeah, is to do that sure. when there's no other tools in their toolbox. But I think we're also in a time of information that there's so much information mm -hmm. available. And even if you just look up studies around birth control and the impact that it has, that why aren't people asking more questions? Yeah. So I think it's the practitioner's job, the MDs, the OBs, the OBGYN. Like it's, it's our jobs now mm -hmm. to understand that there is more options and it's our job to educate women so that they can make an informed choice. Yeah. When you're just showing them that this is the answer or else, yeah. you're going to suffer, then of course they're gonna take that, especially at a young age, you don't know anything else. Totally, and, and in this like sort of guise of like wanting to fix, wanting to help, you're missing out on a whole nother side of the conversation, which is side effects. Mm -hmm. You know, all the like deleterious impact that this gonna have just on you right now, mm -hmm. as, a, as a hormonal, physical woman being, and then there's the future self, mm -hmm. which is also impacted by the, the choice of bringing these things into our lives. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we can talk about this from many different angles. We definitely want to talk about how it relates to just this time of year and the immune health as well. But what are some common conversations maybe that you're having with women to at least open the door to, to you know, talking about the mm -hmm. side effects or the impacts mm -hmm. into life? Yeah, I think now most women know that it's it's impacting them in some way especially if they've been on it for mm -hmm. a couple of years or they've had to change them often because one maybe changed their mood or one they gained weight on another one and they definitely are asking more questions than they were in the past but often i'll first ask what is the intention with the birth control mm -hmm. so is the intention to avoid getting pregnant then it's a very different conversation is the intention oh my periods weren't regular they were heavy okay now we can have a very different conversation around okay well what's the reason why behind that and educating them on the hormones and how they work and the things that will influence it so it's empowering them to then make that decision okay am i ready to come off of it I've also worked with women and just supporting their bodies while they're still on the birth control, changing things in their lifestyle, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, now I'm ready. So even if there is some discomfort for a few months, because it takes a few months for that hormonal system or that communication to come back together, then they're, they're ready for that because now they're armed with tools. Mm -hmm. If it's strictly for pregnancy prevention, then I'm looking at their history. And Dr. Sarah Hill in her book, um, Brain on, brain on birth control. Your right? brain on birth control has a really great chart in there with like all the different generations of birth control and you can look up, you know, their side effects and who it would be suited for. So then I will take them through that conversation of like, okay, in your time of life right now, you're needing some form of birth control. How can we best support you during that? And here's the supplements and here's the things that you're going to do with that birth control. So you're still at least supporting your body in the way it needs to be supported. Yeah, and like that direct impact one is just definitely not talked about. It's kind of like with statin drugs. Yeah. You put on a statin, the doctors technically should be saying, well, here's here's your supplement of CoQ10, mm -hmm. because we know that that's one of those cardioproductive nutrients that gets significantly depleted as a result of being mm -hmm. on these medications. 
Same thing with birth control pill. If you're on birth control pill, like I know there's zinc, there's B6, there's polyselenium, there's there's a few, like, anything to support glutathione, mm -hmm. magnesium. Mm -hmm. um, these it things creates, are gonna be directed um, to depleted. a different microbiome in the yeah. vaginal health, so women are more prone to yeast infections, bladder infections. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all of this is gonna have a disrupting effect on, on your immune system. Your, like we talked about in the pod, last podcast, your ability to adapt. Yeah. And so, you know, here's the reality of, of adding this thing in. And it's just, we, we said in the last podcast too, that women have this uh, tendency towards making more TH2, yeah. uh, an aspect of your immune system that's upregulated as a result of having estrogen or higher amounts of estrogen right. than men, which also pushes them into more likely uh, autoimmunity. Mm -hmm. So if then you're putting an, another exogenous estrogen in yeah. and progestin, yeah. which maybe we can define later, it's, it's really pushing up that TH2 more aggressively, and so women are more likely yeah. to develop autoimmunity. Mm -hmm. And like sensitivities to foods, um, yeah. mast cell degranulation more often, so that, that histamine response in the body too. So if you think about all of our systems that want to be in homeostasis, I always imagine they're on a teeter-totter. Mm -hmm. So TH1, TH2, they're on a teeter-totter. Like one is necessary more sometimes, and then sometimes the other one, but if you're completely heavy on TH2, then it's going to disrupt what TH1 was trying to do in your body. So anytime you're bringing in something exogenous that's going to tip the scale, there are going to be ram ram ramifications. <laughs> ramifications. <Yeah. laughs> and so I think that's important to understand because then there's some women that feel amazing on birth control. Mm -hmm. So there's that element too. So they're not going to question yeah. what is happening at that cellular level until the day where maybe they want to come off of it and all of a sudden, you know, they're not getting their period back or something else is happening. So I think there's just so many layers to the birth control conversation, but it's important to understand its impact on the other systems. Yeah, because yeah, it's common where we'll get be in conversation with a patient and it's like, we'll help clear up my acne. Yeah. I'm now no longer experiencing pain with yeah. menstrual flow. It's regular. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. Uh, yeah, and like defining what's regular, you're actually not having right. a real bleed. It's a letdown bleed. You're not really shedding the way you need to be shedding because you're not ovulating. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things that are going on. So you're not actually regular. Everything just got suppressed. Yeah. And so you're not actually having a period. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's tricking your body into thinking you're pregnant. Yeah, because like, like, there's crazy no, is that? As soon as there's no hormones, yeah. you're going to bleed. Mm -hmm. So I think if we understand that, then then there can be that conversation of like future projecting a little bit of like, okay, if I'm constantly stopping my body from ovulating and doing what it's meant to do, is that going to impact me in the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think some people aren't even ready to, to, to hear that. Yeah, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. It, so it as long as like yeah. you're ready to hear, here's some things you can support your body with mm -hmm. while you're on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women also experience weight gain. Yeah. You know, and so there's the this impact of raising exogenous estrogen. estrogens, yeah. and it starts to impact your binding globulins, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So sex hormone binding globulin goes up. The thyroid binding globulin goes up. We know fat cells in our abdominal area love estrogen, so if there's exogenous estrogen, it's going to house itself in that um, midsection area. So it also creates more water retention, so a lot of the weight is often more water retention for women that are on an estrogen pill. Um, so some women might be like, well, I'm on a progesterone only, 
And so that doesn't impact me that way. However, progesterone only, I've also seen weight gain or their breasts are really tender. Like there's often something with some like retention there too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then there's this impact on DHEA yeah. and testosterone. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's an, another really important factor. There's, I mean, you, you've shared the study or information from the studies regarding like even the partners you choose, mm -hmm. the attraction level to, to different people yeah. um, as a result of you know being on birth control pill but maybe like yeah, yeah so depending antigens. on like the generation of birth control that you're on most of them are from testosterone so they do block the testosterone receptor so women may feel like their moods are lower um, libido is lower motivation is down and so that will influence that negative feedback loop with the brain and dhea so there, it's it's shows you can you can even Google this, look this up. That as soon as a woman is on um, oral contraceptives, her DHEA starts to go down. Mm -hmm. So we talked about in the last episode. It's for your mood. It's for your memory. It's for all these different your elements. Mind, your, your metabolism. Mind, metabolism. Your so, immune system. Yeah, yeah. metabolism is going down. So you are going to then gain weight because DHEA isn't doing what it's supposed to do, and it, it's supposed to combat cortisol, your stress hormone. So now here we are taking birth control, DHEA goes down, our ability to adapt to the environment starts to shift. Yeah, yeah, and it's like this, again, positive feedback loop, although it's a negative experience, is that as you put on more weight, you start to feel worse about yourself, you feel less attractive. Right. You're, you're, again, it's affecting how your brain's operating, so you might actually have lose attraction for the person that you're with, you right. know, if you're in relationship, mm -hmm. which is interesting. And, you know, it just, it sounds really messy. Yeah. yeah and you know? again, it depends on which type you're taking, yeah. you know, your foundation, all the things. Because again, some women might feel more motivated mm -hmm. on birth control too. So yeah. it's so dependent on the yeah. individual. You know, but, but I mean, when, you, when you're looking at something that's having, we, we know that there are certain impacts like increasing clotting and, and potential for strokes and things like that. Um, the disruption, the gut microbiome, you know, when you start to stack up the things that, that potentially could happen against the backdrop of your symptoms, mm -hmm. you know, especially if we're sort of projecting ourselves in the future, like what do I want my future health to look like? Yeah. It, 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 you would think, or again, maybe this is the patriarchy <laughs> coming up, but you would think that you would want to weigh those two options and go, wait a second, um, I'm solving, you know, one little problem now to the detriment of all these other things that potentially could cause massive disruption. Right. It's really I mean, hard like to a, see that future self, right? Yeah, and that's like a very general assumption that they're not doing that, we're not doing that, or, um, you know, at a young age, if the sole purpose is to prevent pregnancy, like, that's the only thing. Yeah. And they, you know, if a teenager is sexually active, then the parents will probably want yeah. their teenage daughter to be on birth control to prevent that because that too will have implications totally. for her future as well. So there's, I think there's just so many different... It's not, it's not a straightforward answer is no, what you're saying. Is. Yeah. No. But I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that's, it's in the name, birth control pill. Yeah. You know, and so that would be a, a major reason why a lot of women would be on, on the yeah. pill. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and again, so like, Saying this from the man's perspective, I know, you know, if, if I was a youth and, you know, in a situation where I was with a partner and I would be terrified if my partner had early pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So imagine like thinking of that, that young woman, it's not just the pressure she feels from her family, but it would also be from coming from the partner. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a similar conversation or it's a very common conversation is that, oh, my, my partner wants me to be on it. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, like, that's another interesting dynamic mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah, because yeah, it feels very easy often for the male yeah. counterpart to just say, well, you should just go on the birth control pill. Yeah. 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 And not have any thoughts around it. It's just, that's just what you should do. Right. Yeah. Even though vasectomies are irreversible. Right. Are, are irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I couldn't imagine. And I couldn't... was that study done in, was it France? In Europe, they were trying to create a birth control for men, but oh. they started having side effects like oh. weight gain and mood mood swings, and study was shut down. Yeah, it's interesting. We circle back to patriarchy. The patriarchy. Yes, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, so you know, given that there's all these you know pros and cons and things like that, uh, are there other solutions for women when they're considering? Like to, again, we we often say this: know thyself. Like so, if you really know your cycle, you know when ovulation is yeah. typically happening. Is that enough for young women? I think it depends on where they are in their life, um, their relationship, all of that. If they're in a committed relationship, I will talk to women about the rhythm method um, or the Billings method. Um, So we'll talk about like the cervical mucus, like understanding their cycle, knowing exactly when they're ovulating so they have ovulation strips and just really understanding their body so that they know. And then often they will also use condoms or other protection too if they're not yet ready to become parents. So it's really dependent on that. Some women or, you know, some parents will also talk to me about um, IUDs because um, often they'll, you know, young women will forget to take their pill and then Mm -hmm. not knowing if it's just as effective and all those things. So then we'll talk about um, different IUDs. There's a Kylina that has, you know, less of the progesterone than the Mirena does. And there's the the copper IUD. So we just go over, okay, these are the implications of this particular one and what's going to be the best fit for that person. Yeah. So in general, like, would you encourage or not encourage, obviously you're just here to offer information for women, but in general, would it be better metabolically or like, you know, health-wise internally to to consider an IUD over a birth control? I don't think so. I, I feel like um, for ease, I'm not having to remember, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they say it's localized. It's not. It's going mm-hmm. into your systemic system too when you're doing the hormonal one. The copper one sometimes people do because they don't want the hormonal effect, but I've seen it actually create challenge in regards to like really heavy periods there yeah. and a lot of spotting um it's literally creating inflammation in your uterus so mm-hmm. we don't know like the long-term implication of that for that individual yeah. some some women breeze through it and it's totally fine yeah so again it just really depends like you don't know sometimes it's pl- misplaced and like that creates pain again gets fixed but like there's so many different things that can show up that yeah. you can't predict yeah. yeah and it's tough like i mean i can't picture myself into a woman's body but I wouldn't like the idea or the process of having to have an IUD inserted mm-hmm. if I was a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that would be a heavy cost if I really understood, you know, what happens to the liver and the deficiencies and the side effects of birth control pills. Um, that would be a really, really difficult decision. Yeah, you yeah. would think, but because it's been so normalized mm-hmm. that women don't get an opportunity to think twice about it. Yeah. And like you said, from like their counterparts, if like, well, you know, we're in a relationship and we want to prevent pregnancy, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see that across the board with different scenarios, whether it's birth control and then all of a sudden now it's pregnancy and challenges in getting pregnant. Again, it lands on the woman to do all the work, to do the research, to do the treatments, to do all of that, to help support the unit mm-hmm. instead of it being like well this is you know there's two people involved in this yeah mm-hmm. and, and yet like 
again, from the man's side, it probably just feels like there's one person involved. Mm-hmm. The woman. Yeah. Like, it's an easy decision for the man. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Which is, I mean, my goodness, like, how does a young woman articulate that to a man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think... Like, um, like yeah. at that at that age, like when the the free, <laughs> you've said this to me before, which is hilarious. <laughs> the prefrontal cortex, your prefrontal cortex is not activating right now. You just said that a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, but uh, in young men and women, it's really it's literally not developed yet. Yeah. So their ability to think critically about these things is yeah. so not there. The emotional yeah. intelligence is so not there. Well, everything is from the emotional body. Yeah. So everything is through that. So it's your, if you're in a relationship feeling like you're going to disappoint your partner, like it's such a, there's so much sensitivity through about like being sexual with somebody else and sharing your body and all of that. And now if that person is telling you that, hey, you got to go on this pill in order for me to like love you in that way yeah. um, to continue this relationship and which does happen yeah. a lot of times. So it does create this, um, you just feel disempowered in that moment. Totally. Well, and, and then it's almost like a carrot's being dangled. Mm-hmm. You rather you get to be in this relationship or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, like, it's, there's a finality to it. There's a, uh, actually, we've talked about a million little things before, but there was, mm-hmm. a, there was an episode we watched last night where um, the, the young girl was feeling, she so badly wanted to get a, a singing career. Mm-hmm. And, and she was put in this really uncomfortable situation where she had to expose some of her body mm-hmm. uh, in this uncomfortable way to, in order to, like, maybe get this audition. And there was all this internal conflict of like, well, if I don't do it, then maybe I won't get accepted. And if I do do it, what does that mean for, mm-hmm. you know, how do I, how I feel about myself? And I imagine, like, it's a different circumstance, but I imagine a woman would be going it's through something similar. It's different the same. It's like... Well, that's what I mean, This yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. A, the reality of a woman's mind and emotional body probably every single day in order to make it in, you know, I'm going to bring up that word, the patriarchal world. Mm-hmm. And patriarchy, like we, we were listening to Sarah Gottfried, I love the way she actually described it. Yeah, I did it. too, actually. It's yeah. just anytime there's power over someone. Right. And so when you're stepping into a world that is, or society that suits, you know, the male physiology and like the male way of doing things, and maybe I shouldn't even use the word male, but like the masculine energy, mm-hmm. it's really hard to like navigate that to do what the body needs or do what your emotional body is needing in that moment because we have to we have to keep up and feel accepted or feel like we belong in this world that really puts so many different barriers and boundaries on like how we can express ourselves or what um what we can or cannot do yeah well and i think it like it adds i feel like i'm not articulating no, you the are. I no, I. Well, maybe you're not articulating the way you want to, but I mm-hmm. get what you're saying, or it makes sense to me. Um, especially when we, you know, even thinking of the impact of what these things do to our to to the mind, mm-hmm. like they're literally interfering with how your brain functions. Yeah. And so I imagine there would be, you'd probably even be more tied to that emotional decision versus being able to access more of a, a yeah. critical thinking around it. Yeah. Well, I shared this in my book. When I stopped taking the birth control pill, I was married before. Mm-hmm. My whole view on my partner changed. Wow. So I couldn't stand the smell of him. I couldn't, like, I couldn't stand yeah. him. Yeah. 
And so it really showed me when, especially when I read Dr. Sarah Hill's book, I was like, that's exactly what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like how I perceived life, myself, my partner, all of that was very different. It's almost like you fall asleep when you're on birth control, like everything kind of gets numb and you're just moving through the motions of life. Even your emotions, for some women, yeah, they go up and down. For some women, it's like, I can't even access that up and down anymore. Yeah. And as soon as you're off of it, all of a sudden, like your body's getting into this rhythm, you're feeling more connected to the environment, the mood, all of that, that like you're moving through these ups and downs and realizing, oh, wait, I've been in this like fog or Truman Show or whatever mm. for so long. And I'm starting to like, the veil is starting to lift and I'm starting to see clearly, oh my goodness, what have I done? Like, what life have I built for myself? Yeah, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, what a you. I mean, you brought up something that we actually listened to a podcast with Huberman just around the smells. Yeah, that's interesting mm -hmm. because it it seems like there's some information to show that that the pheromones that you're attracted to when on birth control are different than mm -hmm. when you're not, mm -hmm. and that that can play a significant role on obviously on tr attraction. I think yeah. like. Huberman was like kind of blown away at like just how profound smell is yeah and and being and, and that being one of those things that really allows someone to feel connected and feel close yeah. and it's no surprise that we we can remember smells from childhood mm -hmm. and they can bring back such a strong emotion mm -hmm. so <laughs> I think they were using the example I don't know if you heard this part of the podcast but they're using an example would you rather um uh Oh, be with someone that smells like <laughs> trash, trash, and, and like, <laughs> like garbage all of those things, poop, but they're yeah. like really attractive or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I did hear. Or that would part. you rather be with someone, you know, kind of someone who wasn't physically attractive, but you, like you couldn't get, you're almost infatuated with the smell mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like, well, obviously, how could you be around someone that you 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 can't be in the same room because right. it stinks so bad? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, that, mm -hmm. that was super interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many layers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we talked about, I didn't even know we we're going to talk about patriarchy, but, <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting sort of theme to talk about in relation to the birth control pill. Because mm -hmm. um, it, it's so connected to the element of control. Yeah. And what women have been feeling that when it comes to science and when it comes to health and all of that, there aren't a lot of choices. Mm -hmm. And we have to often give up some of our choices to help navigate a relationship or whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. Well, like given that like women are such profoundly, what do I want to say? Um, you can access emotional or emotions to such a greater degree than, than men can, or like that's, that's what's said is that women have a, a much greater capacity to access a plethora of more emotions than, than men do. And, and you process things more emotionally the men do, where men, t again, this is again, male, masculine, feminine, but where m men typically look for the logic, you know, the rational sort of way out or way through, and women are just tapped into so many different layers of emotion. So that when there's challenge or frustration, etc., or and, and needing to articulate, uh, it's so much more complex mm -hmm. than what the patriarchy <laughs> can understand. Right. Right? And so, you know, for, for young women out there that, that need to feel empowered in their bodies, mm -hmm. you know, and learning that at such a young age obviously is so important to feel empowered, to feel like 
you can make a decision for yourself that's not dependent on what your partner is going to dictate towards you because of mm -hmm. ease and convenience and whatnot. Like, what's the message to those women? Hmm. I was thinking, okay, what would I tell my younger self at that time? I think the main thing would be you always have a choice. Even though in that moment it may not feel like it, if you can just pause and recognize the wisdom that your body actually holds and recognize that everything happens for a reason and it's your choice and your um, right to ask questions about your body no matter who is sitting in front of you, whether it's somebody with a white coat or your partner or a parent or anyone, you have the right to ch um, choose and to ask questions so that you can understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I think that as women learn that at a younger age, hopefully like that allows maybe men to, to just, wow, here's just an amazingly powerful woman here that's holding a tremendous amount of emotion that I can't fully grasp. How can I just be steady and, and listen and mm -hmm. acknowledge? And I have not figured that out yet. Mm -hmm. you, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. Like Slowly how, many, surely. how many times have we got into like butt heads yeah. Just because, like, I can't quite do that. Right. I can't just listen. Yeah, and I came from, like, being passive, letting letting things like that just slide, to now I just pick up my sword right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's a big, strong, sharp sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, again, I love how you shared that about young women. It's like you have, a, you have a, this choice. Mm -hmm. you, like, even when it feels like you don't, you, you actually do have a choice. Mm -hmm. And you have a choice to step into your empowerment, your own sense of freedom. And if that person that you're with truly is meant to be with you, love, loves you, they need to learn that like, by letting or... Uh, giving space for you to be you. Mm -hmm. You get so much more of that person in your life. Yeah. yeah. And, and vice versa. And like then right. that creates room for more connection and conversation and mm -hmm. all of that. So again, there's so many layers to, we're talking like young people that maybe aren't even like thinking beyond that moment or the, the passion or like, you know, just mm -hmm. so in their emotional body. But I think if we could even catch them a little bit younger to help them understand that there's so much intelligence in your body so that the cramping that you're feeling or the fact that your period's not regular or the discomfort you're feeling every single month, there's a reason behind it. And the more you understand that reason, the more you are in the driver's seat. So even if you choose to go on the birth control, you made that choice because it's right for you. Mm -hmm. And then that will increase your capacity to have that courage to speak up if someone is trying to tell you to change your belief or to shift something for your body. Yeah, that's good. And maybe like the, the last little note is try not to get into a relationship while on birth control pill. Yeah, that, right? that's a whole other, <laughs> maybe read the book, read Dr. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Hill's book. It's, it is really eye-opening because she does quote all those studies and but that can be really empowering, though. But like, it can also create some like havoc in people's lives because they start <laughs> might start questioning. Like, wait, when when did we get together? Yeah. <laughs> Ten yeah. years later, now I'm questioning. So I think it's important just to understand yourself. Yeah. Regardless. Totally. Yeah, and yeah. and but I mean, in I'm not to <laughs> drag into the conversation out more than it needs to, but you know, maybe if if you did get into a relationship while on the birth control pill, 
maybe you just need more support and maybe some counseling and stuff with like couples counseling to help shift when coming off the birth control pill because yeah, it may cause disruption. Yeah. So yeah. like how do you be proactive, you know, and obviously it's not everybody who no. goes off birth control <laughs> yeah. pill is going to have that a, a response. Some are totally, most are totally fine. Yeah. It's just interesting to yeah. see that you, um, again, I think we've talked about this study in a couple of other podcasts, but they did see that women on birth control look for men that have more female qualities mm. to them. Whereas women off of it will look for a different, and that was also included with like the way they smell yeah. too, and more like masculine features and personalities. So it does shift things for sure, because shifting how your brain is working and those relationships can also blossom into something really great too. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I think like we can, you know, individually we can take care of ourselves, yeah. of course, so but we also- We wanna create some extra stress here to all our listeners that are, that were on birth control when <laughs> <laughs> they got together with their partners. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and like detox, you can detox together. Yeah. You can support that, you yeah. know, elimination. So, um, you know, maybe wait a couple months before you make big decisions in your life. And, or take a break yeah. or you're on, while you're on birth, which I encourage yeah, every year for women that are on birth control. Take, okay, well, this is important. Yeah, like yeah. take a break for a couple of months to see, okay, what is my body going to do when I am off of it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really important. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a little tip for all of you out there that... Uh, so hopefully this information was supportive for you and your or your journey. Hopefully it didn't create too much confusion. But I think it's so interesting to look at things through the, this lens of, you know, the female's, the woman's perspective, the man's perspective. Obviously that's what we hope that you enjoy about this podcast because we're both doctors, we're parents, we're doing this relationship thing together, figuring it out, um, and hopefully the, there's insight here that you're really enjoying. And with that being said. Come join us in, with a deeper dive. Join us in our Health Ignited Club where we take these conversations and you know, uh, talk about them within our, our group, our collective. It's really fun to be able to bounce these ideas off of one another and to uh, apply these things more intimately into our lives in this group, in this community. So that's at drjensen.com and you can join us on the Health Ignited Club for more in-depth discovery. That's it for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.